We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Well, today we are so fortunate to be talking to the director of blockbuster comedies such as Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Liar Liar, The Nutty Professor, Bruce Almighty, Patch Adams, Accepted, and I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, and the winner of four People Choice Awards and one Golden Globe nomination. But I guess you might be wondering why would Authentic Living be talking to someone who's the director of several comedies? Well, due to his own personal life crisis, Tom Shadiak's latest project is a documentary, a nonfiction film called I Am, in which he travels the world to ask some of the world's most profound thinkers these two questions. What is wrong with the world and what can we do about it? This film has already won two awards at its premiere at the Mountain Film Festival in Telluride, Colorado, the Audience Choice Award and the Student Choice Award, and it has potential of advancing the evolution of global consciousness. So today, we're going to be really tuning in to find out what we can learn from Tom's experience as he experienced this film himself with, through his own curiosity and just a small crew of, to take him around the world to talk to people like David Suzuki, Noam Chomsky, Howard Zinn, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Lynn McTaggart, Ray Anderson, John Francis, Coleman Barks, and Mark Ian Barras. So he and he's on the screen as a character, as a commentator, as a guide, and even at times as a guinea pig. So he's going to be asking the tough questions in this film, and there's no easy answers. But he takes us as we watch the film to places we might not have yet experienced. So we're going to be tuning in again, as I said today, to to listen more about what we can learn from Tom through his experience. Tom, welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you. On behalf of all guinea pigs, uh, I would, I, I, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with a simple question. Tell us what got you started writing this film, well, I mean, writing and directing this film. Well, uh, most immediately it was a bike accident uh, that occurred about three and a half, four years ago. I got a concussion from that bike accident, which turned into post-concussion syndrome. It's a quite torturous condition. Uh, where the symptoms of the original concussion don't go away, and they may not ever go away. Um, and after several months of struggling with this, I didn't think I was going to live. And uh, when I faced my own death, uh, I kind of looked in the mirror and said, uh, 
is there anything I want to say before I go? If this is my last chapter, do I want to express anything? And uh, that's how the film I Am was born. I, I didn't want to die with these ideas that had been inhabiting me for over the course of a decade, 15 years. I had been changing my life, and I did it rather quietly, uh, questioning what I'd been taught, uh, I think moving into a more authentic way of being, uh, a more just uh, way of being, and um, that shift is what I talk about in the film. Wow. So uh, would you mind sharing with us what, what initiated the original sort of life change before you had the uh, uh, mortality experience? Well, I, you know, I've always been a seeker of truth. Uh, I was raised in the Catholic faith and became a very big fan of that Jesus fellow, not in a dogmatic way, uh, but uh, as a moral teacher, as one who told us that the truth will set us free. And uh, I've always wanted to know what was true. And I think when, I, when uh, you commit yourself to that, you're in for quite a journey. Um, the bumps, of course, are there, but the bumps turn out to be beautiful. And, um, you know, I achieved the kind of success that my culture had taught me and told me um, would pay. Uh, and it paid in a monetary way, but it didn't necessarily pay uh, in a deep, true way. Uh, the richer I got, sometimes the poorer I felt. I felt that something was wrong, something was off. Um, I felt that the resources that came my way um, needed to be shared, and uh, I kind of got co-opted into a vision that I think many of our youth get co-opted into, that success means material wealth, accumulation, uh, you stand on top, you're comfortable. Uh, but I began to experience what I think Ralph Waldo Emerson knew, that while I sit on the cushion of advantage, I fall asleep. Mm. And, you know, uh, there were several books, several ideas, several films that began to wake me up. I read a book called Ishmael. Uh, yeah. long before the environmental movement became kind of uh, in vogue. And I began to realize that um, this lifestyle, flying privately, you know, living in this giant mansion, I had a 17,000-square-foot house, that all those things had a, a, a consequence um, and that there was a generation coming, the next generation, um, which may be robbed of their opportunity because of my greed and hubris. And so ideas like that began to inhabit me. And then... I began to see how nature worked, um, uh, you know, by, by talking with folks like David Suzuki, um, who's one of Canada's leading minds uh, in terms of how the natural world works. And I discovered a principle in nature, uh, which I think we break every day, that's that, that nothing takes more than it needs in nature. We think of nature as just simply red in tooth and claw and very violent, but it's not that way at all. It's very cooperative. So you'll notice that a, red, uh, a redwood tree doesn't take all of the soil's nutrients in a forest. It just takes what it needs to grow. And a lion doesn't kill every gazelle. It just kills one because the lion somehow instinctively knows that it needs the gazelles there in balance in nature to continue the cycle of life. Well, mankind breaks that rule every day, and I, in my own economic life, was taking all I could get, not just what I needed. And I wanted to change all that. I wanted to shift all that, and I began these series of steps selling the mansion, um, stop flying privately, um, uh, sharing more of my resources. I moved into a mobile home park, which is beautiful. It's still in Malibu and gorgeous, but it's a very simple way of living. Um, 17,000 square feet became 1,000 square feet. And suddenly I became, as C.S. Lewis says in his book, I became surprised by joy. Uh, uh, I'm like a happiness study. Uh, I began to find a quality to my life that was absent um, when the stresses of the success that I had been taught were lifted away. Um, so 
this this journey had been going on for a very long time. I've been reading the mystics, the saints, the sages for years. I've checked myself into Thomas Merton's monastery to live in silence. I've read, you know, from Hafiz and Rumi to Emerson and Thoreau and the modern-day mystic Mary Oliver, and they're all saying the same thing. <laughs> so yeah. I began to live more of those principles that they've talked about for millennia, and they began to bear fruit in my life. And again, they are what, what I talk about in I Am. Wow. Yeah, and that, and it is so true. They do say the same thing. Interestingly enough, I watched Bruce Almighty and Liar Liar, and saw a deeper meaning under those comedies that was really had some impact. So, can you say a little bit about that? Did did you intend to do that? Well, of course. Yeah, I mean, what you see are windows uh, into uh, my own journey, questions that I have, truths that I have. Um, uh, I think uh, that have you know I've uncovered or that they've come. Um, and as, w- as well as Jim, you know, Jim Carrey is in both of those films, and Jim and I have conversations about this. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I wasn't a different person, so to speak, when I was making those movies. I, I still cared about what cared about what was right. You know, Liar Liar is literally the truth shall set you free, and mm-hmm. Bruce, Almi- Bruce Almighty is a story about true power, because we think that uh, you know, quote unquote, God has all the power. Uh, and, you know, that film is about uh, Bruce waking up to the fact that, no, he has power. He has the power to make a difference in his own life and in the lives of others by being more compassionate, more present, more kind, more appreciative, and more loving. So um, I am is simply uh, uh, a way of deepening the conversation. Those are parables. They, they sort of talk around these ideas um, through flawed characters in I Am, I am the flawed character, and I talk very directly about these principles that are animated in these other films. Wow, beautiful. Yeah, I, I was interested very much in the name I Am as well, the title of the film I Am, because doesn't that say just exactly what you just said, we are the power here? I, I think so many times about how many, uh, as I was raised growing up, uh, to to ask God for what I wanted or even beg God for what I wanted or plead with God for what I wanted. And uh, ultimately, really, if we could realize that we are the gods, then maybe we wouldn't be all do- wasting our energy doing all that. We'd get on with life. Well, yeah, I, you know, I think if God is omnipresent, that means he exists in you and me and all of creation. And that it, 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 there's a saying, you can't separate wet from water. And we are not separate from the divine. Uh, what separates us is when we let ego, which, that, you know, it stands for edging God out, we let that uh, dictate uh, our, our behavior. Um, but, yeah, we do have power we have immense power and we don't realize that we're, we're told we don't you know we're told that the power exists outside of us uh but we are the hands and feet of the divine we are how good work gets done in the world and without us uh changing and stepping out and creating something new um uh you know god may not be all-powerful because he gave us free will you know, and mm-hmm. and we carry that power forth now, and and it's our choice what to do with it. That's beautifully said. So, uh, tell us a little bit about as you were journeying through this film, and and in your own quest, uh, sort of your own metaphorical journey to Mecca. There, you you um, you asked a lot of questions about you know, what isn't working and what could work. So can you give us some ideas about what you learned there in terms of what isn't working? Well, 
what isn't working is how we view the world. And we, we create our societies based on the story we tell ourselves. And the story we're telling ourselves is not, uh, I believe, a fully true story and is no longer fully relevant. And that's the story that everything is separate, that you're to take care of yourself first, I'm to take care of myself and only myself, uh, and that it all is separate. We're separate from nature. We can do what we want. We can clear that forest. We can pollute that ocean. We can divert that river. And this philosophy of separation isn't actually what's true. Uh, uh, the mystics have been saying it forever. Everything is one. Everything is connected. And now science is beginning to say it. So the movie actually turns into, very quickly, a very positive story, because while we are telling us this story that isn't necessarily true, there's a new story emerging that may be closer to truth, and that is this idea of connectivity, uh, of unity, and the, what science is uncovering now about how cooperation exists in nature, how the human species, uh, yes, survival of the fittest is a part, and the struggle to survive is a part of it. There's a much larger story going on uh, that's not being told, and it's a very positive story about who we are. It's why we tear up when we see an altruistic action, when we see someone doing something kind for another person, our very biology lights up, the vagus nerve fires, oxytocin is released, and that's nature's way of saying, I want you to feel this, I want you to experience this because I want you to survive. It gives us a hit of what they call nature's chocolate. And, and so there's all kinds of stories, but what we tell on the news every night is not the rule but the exception. So there will be millions of acts. I live in Los Angeles. There will be millions of acts of cooperation today, doors that are held open for each other, little prayers that go out for each other, kindnesses um, that are given un, uh, unnoticed. But the one car that gets stolen today is what makes the news. And the reason yep. it makes the news is because the aberration. So we're missing this larger story. That we're this Absolutely. Incredible, yeah, Absolutely. We're this incredible. And we'll come back and talk some more about that sure. right after the break. You we'll be it. back with more from Tom Shadiak in just a few minutes. So stay tuned. You do not want to miss this show. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care. Are you tired of the government squandering your tax dollars on bailouts and overpaid bureaucrats? On Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Mike Beitler and his guests explain why big government regulations are the problem and innovative businesses and free markets are the solution. Listen to Free Markets with Dr. Mike Beitler, Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You're 
are listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And the Authentic Living Show is brought to you today by the Institute of Noetic Sciences, dedicated to expanding science beyond conventional paradigms. Founded by Apollo 14 astronaut Edgar Mitchell, IONS is a nonprofit research, education, and membership organization whose mission is supporting individual and collective transformation through consciousness research, educational outreach, and engaging in a global learning community in the realization of human potential. You can join that learning community at www.noetic.org. And today we're talking to writer-director-producer Tom Shadyak about his latest project, I Am, in which he went around the world talking to some of the world's most uh, profound thinkers about what's wrong with the world, what's not working, and what could work. What can we do to make it better? So we said just before the break, and, and I'm sorry I had to cut you off there, but uh, we, we said there that uh, that what we're learning, this new uh, phase of our development or evolution, as it were, is teaching us that that we are all one. Do you want to say any more about that? Well, it's interesting. This show is being sponsored by the Institute of Noetic Sciences. They were a part of the documentary, and what their uh, – discovering through their research is is really mind-blowing it's paradigm shattering there's a gentleman there named um dean radin um and dean is doing conducting all kinds of experiments about how your mind does not end uh where your skull ends that it actually has an energy that 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 transmits out uh that you can pick up and perceive other uh thoughts from other people things that we think you know again that idea that we're separate is proving to not be true uh, for example, he's done a study called the entrainment study, where if you uh, put two people, the, the closer they are, like a husband and wife, the, the better the results. But if you put them in separate rooms and you shine a light in, in the uh, eye of one, say the, with a wife, in another room, the husband registers that through pupil dilation, skin conductivity, registers the light that's being shined in the wife's eyes. So we say that's not possible. They're in separate rooms. The wife has experienced the stimuli. How does the husband? Well, we're beginning to see now that there may not be any end to me and beginning of you. And and uh, the field of quantum physics is also discovering this as well with what Einstein called spooky action at a distance, where two objects actually separated, that were, two objects ever once in relation with each other, like two particles that are separated up to an infinite distance when you shift the rotation of one, the other uh, shifts simultaneously. Now, that's not possible in the paradigm we live in, but that paradigm is being shattered. We used to think the earth was flat, and then people said, it can't be round, we'll fall off. And uh, we discovered this thing called gravity, and the earth is round, and that's where we're at now. We're busting through this paradigm into this new way of, of, of thinking that will explain a lot. It explains intuition. You know, when a mother feels what uh, has happened maybe to a child at school, um, it explains quite a bit precognition, and uh, Dean Radin is at the forefront of this research, and we've, and we've got to do a lot more. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the more we know, the more we need to know. 
Yeah, the more we know, the more we realize we don't know. <laughs> so we've yeah. got to keep reaching into what we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, you talked to Coleman Banks. Uh, I know he's a poet. So what did he add to the conversation? Uh, his name's Coleman Barks. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so maybe there's a misprint there. But Coleman, yeah. uh, Coleman translated the Rumi poetry, and uh, uh, Rumi was a mystic poet, very possibly the world's most popular poet. He's a Persian poet. And again, he saw through uh, from the side of the mystic or the philosopher and the poet, he saw through to what I would consider reality. And what he saw was this incredible beauty, this oneness, this unity. And uh, so Coleman kind of gives the, the poetic side of things. And when you see that the poets and the scientists and the philosophers and the academics are all lining up, they're all saying the same thing. It's one reason I wanted to make this movie, because I didn't think people were putting the pieces of this puzzle together. And when you look at what everyone's saying, you find this incredible harmony. And it suggests now a new way for us to be, a new way uh, for us to uh, consider how we structure our society, our relationships, uh, our economies, and the way we educate. So what does it mean in the practical everyday world, in, in a relationship between a husband and wife or a partner and partner, whatever, what does it mean to be, uh, to be in touch with one's own personal power, one's own divine power, if you will? Well, first of all, whoever we're with, we must understand that we're looking at a reflection of the divine. We're looking at uh, some incredibly unique incarnation, beautiful, that is not separate from us. So, uh, you, know, you know when your spouse isn't happy that you're often not happy. And so we are so tied up in each other's well-being. So when you understand that there's really no separation, that the homeless person laying on the street is actually, and this is not in a selfish way, it's selfish with a large S, meaning we're all a part of that larger self. It's in all of our interests to reach out if we understand that that really is a brother, that really is a sister. And we know that now actually through the human genome study, which traces us all back to the same DNA in the same tribe in Africa. It's an incredible story. It's told in a documentary called The Journey of Man, and it's the truth. It's science now, and um, it looks to be irrefutable. So when you realize that, that it's not just a trope, a philosophical trope, that someone like Martin Luther King would say that we are all brothers and sisters. When you realize that, that their interest is your interest, that you can't be fully happy until they experience uh, their expression and their happiness, and the same for them, that they can't be fully realized until you are realized, that we are tied up together. So it, you, you, you break out of this illusory wall and you begin to reach out in love and kindness in, in a deeper, truer way with your spouse, with your partner, uh, and even with a stranger, because that stranger is really not a stranger. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to people who say, well, yeah, but what about the danger and what about boundaries and what about that? I would say that it's much more dangerous to live in a box. Uh, that, as Martin Luther King said, if you don't stand up for right, right now and you're 30 years old, you may live to be 80, but you are spiritually dead at 30. I say uh, that, that safety um, has its place, but that uh, we, we must afflict the comfortable. Um, so all the lives of those we admired walk through the fear 
You know, you walk through the fear. I'm not telling someone to get into an unsafe situation. You don't want to walk into a, a, a gang gunfight. That's not the time. That's not wise. But it may be wise to look in and see why gangs are fighting each other. Maybe if it's in your neighborhood or in your city, what what can you do uh, as a community member uh, to help, to reach out, to maybe help educate, to to uh, devote time into helping kids um, rethink, read, retool. Um, so yeah, safety is uh, safety is not my god. I think we choose our gods at every moment. Truth is my god. I hope, and so the truth is what is most important. You know, if if we if we if our prophets all chose safety, we wouldn't have prophets. Jesus would never have gone to the cross. Gandhi would never have met the bullet, nor would have Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. So I think it's time we we become more courageous and and we start walking. Uh, with with a with a bolder step, um, because our fear is debilitating. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, isn't it true that uh, that when we are ruled by fear, we're so much smaller than our than our total power? That's right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. We, we, so, we always have to remember that, uh, as Emerson said, it's only the finite, only this body, that suffers. There is something in us that is infinite. That, as he says, lies stretched in smiling repose that is our soul that is our essence that is our truth the mystic mirror said you cannot play your role in time until you know who you are in eternity and i believe that these mystics know exactly who they are that's why they can walk into a situation that may be dangerous that may that may risk their own safety because they know who they are they know that that eternal self cannot be damaged and so they walk with a power and with a grace uh that I think instructs all of us. Yeah, and I really like what you said about, well, maybe you don't want to walk into the gang in the middle of the fight, but you might want to think about what is going on with the gang and think about what you could do in a more global way to to resolve the problem. So that, that means some internal reflection. Yeah, internal reflection. It's what we say in I Am. It's critical thinking followed by action. But it's not enough to just to, to think about it. It's a start. You talk about it. You think about it. You notice a problem. And then... You act. Is there a letter that I can write? Is there um, someone I can meet with and give them a moment of encouragement? Is there a meal that I can cook for somebody? There's always something we can do. And the problem is most of us feel powerless, that that meal that we cook for a neighbor is not going to do anything. And we don't understand that that meal does not end with that moment, that there's an energy that's put out into the world that changes things. And, and the ripple effect is set in motion with each kind act. And we don't see, I don't think, in this life necessarily the results, but that's what faith is, is knowing that the world is changed. And we know this through art. I, I'm a storyteller. We have a, there's a fil- famous film people know called Back to the Future. If you look at Back to the Future, when Michael J. Fox's character goes back in time and does one little thing different, he comes back 20 years later and everything in the future has changed. It's the butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah. So that's that's the kind of power we have uh, in in every moment to change things to a future uh, that's more hopeful. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, well we're we're going to take another break right now, and we're going to come back and talk some more with Tom Shadiak. So stay with us. There's more yet to come. Awakened Media 
initiative for a transforming world. Seventh Wave Network. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness research is transforming health care. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. Drawing on resources from wellness communities throughout America and abroad, the show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Wellness Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we are talking today to Tom Shadiak, the writer, director, producer of such amazing films, comedies such as Liar, Liar and Bruce Almighty and others. Uh, and we're talking to him about his latest project, I Am, a much more serious endeavor, but one that offers us evolutionary consciousness. So uh, we were talking just before the break about what we can do. And one of the things that I've read is that what you say is it's not so much what we do, but actually the deeper transformation in terms of who we are. So can you say some more about that? Well, you just said it beautifully. Yeah, it's a very common question I get. What can I do? Um, and it's a very valid question, but I am starts, I think, uh, at, a, at the base of things, which it's not just about what you do, but who you are. And um, so it's a question of being. And when you understand who you are and you wake up to that idea, that's that critical thinking, if you will. That's when the action follows. And I can never tell anybody what to do. You know, your show's called Authentic Living. And authenticity, the root word of that, is the same word from author. So when someone's authentic, they're the author of their own lives. And it's up to an individual to look in their own heart and see where they are moved. What do they need to do once they discover the truth of their own uh, uh, connection with all things, their own light, if you will, um, their own uh, uh, beauty? And once that's discovered, then you look inside and say, how does that walk? How do I share that? What are my talents? What, is, what moves me? Is it, the, is it a kid's club in town that I've always driven by and I want to volunteer my time? Is it a husband who may need more support, or a wife who may need more support. How can I be more loving to my immediate family? So each individual uh, 
must ask themselves. And, and what, where people get stuck is they think that they have to take the big step. They think that they have to see 25 years down the road, start some big charity or some new uh, you know, uh, uh, career, some new branch in their own lives, and that's not how it works. You take a step, and then that step reveals the next step. You know, Mother Teresa never planned on starting the, the, all these multiple homes for the sick and dying. She helped one person right in front of her who was dying, and then she helped another person right in front of her who was dying. So when we look too far down the road, we get paralyzed. When we look at people who are far down the road, we say, oh, I could never do that. I could never do, you know, what that person is doing. They've got this big organization. I don't know what my calling is. Take one step, and then the next step will reveal itself. Yep. All we need is enough light just to see the next step. That's exactly right. That's how you yep. climb a mountain. Yeah, and, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to keep going with that for just a minute. I think that internal look that says, okay, what do I want to do? I mean, I, we, can, we can get caught up in a lot of shoulds there. We Oh, well, I should do this for my husband, or I should do this for that, uh, that club, or I should, instead of asking ourselves, where is my compassion? That's beautiful. Yeah, it's a nun said it. Don't should on yourself. You know, mm-hmm. we should on ourselves all the time. And then when we do that thing that we think we should do, we end up being resentful. Mm-hmm. Do the thing that you feel compelled to do, that feels truthful and right to do. Do that thing and, and feel it and see it. And, uh, and, again, that will reveal what to do. No, we live in this society that tells us what we should do, what we should be. We have this idea of this idolatry of magnitude, which means that something has to be big and grand to be worthy, and none of that's true. You know, the Bible points out um, um, that one of the most powerful acts of giving is the widow's might, and she only gave a penny, or the equivalent of a penny. And, and, and so it's not about the big grand action or should or doing the thing that you should do. It's about doing the thing that's true for you, that's honest for you, and, and having the courage to take that step. And then I think everything follows. Yeah, and that it can be confusing a little bit in a world where we're told to look externally for our guidance. But um, if we listen, uh, we will get the guidance, and it might come in little uh, little subtle ways. But if we're tuned in, it can tell us. I mean, the, the our own compassion, our own passion, can tell us where there the next step is. That's why silence is so beautiful, because we are inundated with messages that pull us out of our own authenticity. You've got to look this way. To be attractive, you've got to have this much money to be successful. You have to have this status. We have to silence all of that and, and move into a quiet place. And it's that 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 still voice that we hear, you know, in silence. Uh, that is us. There's a there's a person in our movie named John Francis. He's known as the Planet Walker. And John saw an oil spill in 1971, and he gave up driving. But he not only gave up driving and walked for 22 years. He walked in silence for 17 years. And I asked John, what did you hear after walking in silence for that long? What woke up in you? And he said, little Johnny Francis. And by that he meant he had been co-opted into a vision. He's an African-American, and he'd been co-opted into what it looked like for an African-American to be successful in our society. And that wasn't authentic to him. John loves nature. He loves walking in in nature he loves the beauty of the outdoors and that's who he was his society told him no you got to be a lawyer or a doctor and it pulled him away from his authenticity and he found that again in silence so silence can be very 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 powerful oh yeah oh yeah because there's so much racket that pulls us away from that inner world that's right 
That's yeah. right. And and now with the internet and instant self, you know, instant messaging and you know, cell phones twenty four seven. You know, it wasn't enough that the phone entered our lives and we were having a moment with our family that was interrupted by the phone. Then we had call waiting that would interrupt the phone call that came in. Now we have phones that go with us everywhere we go that also have call waiting. So there's just continual, um, you know, uh, uh, information that can pull us away from authenticity and, and these messages of, you know, buy, buy, consume, consume, become this, become something else. And it takes discipline, you know. Uh, I, I recently saw the Dalai Lama spoke, and someone asked him, how is it that you're so light? Because everyone can sense his lightness. And he says it's discipline. He's been working at it for 63 years. He, he started doing disciplines when he was 13 years old. He's now, what is he, uh, what is uh, 63 plus 13? Whatever that is, 70, yeah. 76, <laughs> 76, I think. Um, 76. So for 63 yeah. years, though, he's been practicing. You know, I'm writing an essay on happiness. I don't think happiness is as much a pursuit as a practice. It's a practice. And, and so these things, like if you want to become a better tennis player, you play tennis, you practice. If you want to, I think, become a better human being, I think you do the things, the disciplines that help you to be who you are and therefore become a better human being. Yeah, and a better human being is a happier human being. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Uh, it's funny. You know, Aristotle said it 2,500 2, years ago, or uh, 2,500 years ago-ish. Uh, he said, virtue and happiness are one and the same. When you lead a life of virtue, you, you, you tend toward compassion and love and kindness and empathy. That itself, the fruit of that is happiness. Yeah, and I want to say to our listening audience, too, I think that, that again, we can get caught up there in the shoulds of, well, I should be being a virtuous person instead of going inside and trusting that we're going to find that that part of ourselves that is one with the divine in there Absolutely. and trust it to carry us. And, and remember how the divine, I believe, views things. Uh, like you view uh, the love that you have for a, a child. The, the forgiveness is, is instantaneous. And, and so it's not about, oh, I'm so bad, I'm not good enough, I'm not virtue enough. That's all judgment. And that judgment creates a tension and it creates a lack. And I think that that judgment keeps us uh, off the path, if we would just look at it and say, oh, you know what, yesterday I was kind of rude in my car, I, you know, and don't judge yourself, I'm a bad person. Okay, I was rude. Why was I rude? All right, maybe I should just give myself a little more time to drive or, uh, you know, maybe if I don't rush so much, I wake up a little earlier, I won't be so rushed. And, and then you have the energy to take action and to change. But if you're always judging yourself and shooting on yourself, it really depletes your energy to want to be different. Absolutely. So well said. That's absolutely true. I think we work against ourselves, and we just further split ourselves off from the energy that will carry us where we want to go. Yeah. Well, uh, let's not forget the words of the mystic of Julian of Norwich. She said, all shall be well, and all shall be well, and all manner of things shall be well. She said it three times. So you can keep shitting on yourself, and you'll miss the kingdom of heaven within, but... All shall be well. And, and the second, again, you realize that. You realize that there is this beauty. You know, you, inside of you is starlight. Inside of you are the very, uh, uh, is the very force that created the universe. And when you realize that, 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 that you have that eternal uh, nature, you, 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 you find a strength. Um, and I think the shoulds kind of naturally go away. 
Yeah, yeah. And the word naturally there brings us back to nature. So as you were doing the film, you you saw a lot that had to do with how nature works together. And you said a little bit about that at the beginning. Say some more about that, if you will. Well, I think it's essential because we have a broken economy right now. And the reason our economy is broken uh, is not because of the greed on Wall Street. It's not because of corporate greed. It's because we have a, a philosophy that undergirds our economy that is unsustainable. It's not reflected in nature, and it's not reflected in long-term wise thinking. Our economy is built on this idea that it has to grow constantly. Well, cancer is also based on that same philosophy. When growth is your God, we end up behaving like cancer, and we're finding that we're eating our own host, which is the earth. We're eating up uh, the well-being of each other. And without even realizing it, we'll, we'll uh, uh, experience the same fate that all cancers do. We just won't be around, mm-hmm. you know. So nature is a very uh, wise instructor. She's the great teacher, and I advise everyone to look into nature's classroom. And what you find there are uh, cooperative uh, principles. And all biological systems that thrive in the long run, are in a state of cooperation. You can sometimes have rogue species that'll eat everything, but what ends up happening is they eat everything, and then there's nothing left to eat, and then they themselves, it that itself will die. So everything that is thriving in the long run is in a state of cooperation, and we haven't learned that. You know, so we have an economy that we teach our young, take as much as you can, and then we'll call you a winner. Now, if again, if we... if you know, a shark doesn't even behave that way. We look at the shark in the ocean. We behave more uh, uh, egregiously than the shark because the shark eats when it's hungry. We eat, take whatever we can, and then store it up and then try to take some more. And that's just not going to last. It, it's, it's, it's an unsustainable philosophy. So until we understand that and then start creating economies that actually work, you know, there should be one question, not is it profitable in terms of money, but is this good? Is what I'm doing good? Is it good for my family? Is it good for the earth? Is it good for uh, the community around me? And, and we're going to start serving each other. And, and young people are starting to do this now. They're, they're forming organizations like Invisible Children. Newman's Own does this philosophy. The charity my family's with, uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, where they give 100% of their profits uh, back to those in need. And I think we're going to end up just serving each other because there is a truer wealth that is born in serving each other than there is in the accumulation of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back for our final segment with Tom Shadyak. So stay tuned. This this next segment coming up is going to give you even more. The Institute of Noetic Sciences has been a pioneer and leading authority in the field of consciousness and healing for 38 years. We invite you to discover how you can transform your health or healing practice with ION's cutting-edge research into mind-body medicine and healing. For a limited time, you can receive valuable thank-you gifts when you support the Institute of Noetic Sciences research and educational programs. Just click the banner on this page to discover how consciousness Research is transforming healthcare. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. 7th Wave Network. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're with our final segment today talking to Tom Shadiak, writer, director, producer of such comedies as Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Liar Liar, The Nutty Professor, Bruce Almighty, Patch Adams, Accepted. And I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry and his latest project about which we're talking today, I Am. So, Tom, tell us when uh, we will be able to see this movie. Uh, first of all, I just want to make clear because uh, two of those films I didn't direct, and I just want to give credit to the director. So, except that I, I didn't direct, and uh, uh, I now pronounce it Chuck and Larry. So, I produced those two and then directed the others. But um, so, your question again was, where can we see? I am. That's all right. Thank you for the correction. Sure, I wanted no to problem. give that credit no as well. Um, uh, yes. When can we see? Okay. I am? Well, uh, you know, uh, good timing because it's uh, uh, Amazon right now is taking pre-orders for the DVD, which comes out uh, January third, and the first of December we are on VOD, video on demand. So you can find us online, video on demand. But the third of January will be available um, D, uh, through D, DVD and uh, Oprah. Uh, Winfrey's Network uh, is going to be airing the movie uh, the first of the year. So um, it's it's coming. You just got a short wait, but it's coming. All right, all right. Well, I first hear, heard about this film on the Oprah show a uh, long time ago, actually, and or several months ago, and uh, was intrigued, very intrigued by not only the title but what you had to say about it and thought, oh, I have to have this man on my show. So I was really glad to get that opportunity and also uh, really glad that you were doing the film. So, I'm, I, again, I, I thanked you during the break, but I'm going to thank you here, too. That it, It's wonderful that you're putting your energy toward this. I wonder if you've gotten a lot of support from other folks in Hollywood to do this. Uh, you know, surprisingly uh, and maybe not so surprisingly, uh, absolutely. Uh, the more friends I show it to, uh, the more encouraged I, I, I get. You know, um, Folks in show business are beautiful people, and they are in the same vision that I was in, you know. Uh, and we're all, I think, uh, together uh, starting to see that, that there may be a new way to, to do this thing, that we don't necessarily have to have this cult of celebrity. I don't think many of my friends want to be 
uh, on a pedestal. They want to be uh, brothers and sisters. They don't want to be uh, elevated. They, you know, they don't mind their talent and their gifts being celebrated, uh, just like we'd celebrate the gifts of anyone. But uh, uh, I think we're ready to rethink things. And I've been really encouraged by the producers, the stars, the the, the other um, you know creatives in in my business that have seen the film and just called with you know with just very touching reactions. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, you know, I, I think we're getting this whole thing, even with social media and things like that, we're getting that we're much more closely connected. Uh, even the Internet, as, as you know, noisy as it can be, it also is kind of an as-if as recognition that we are connected. You know, we can get in touch with each other really rapidly that way uh, through, you know, social media and other other ways to connect, email, etc., um, yeah, so, it's, almost, it's almost the perfect manifestation of everything is connected. Absolutely, it's, it's absolutely. Right and I do think this whole thing of celebrity or, you know, we, I think the public does that more than, you know, people in Hollywood do that, that, that there's an idea that some people are special. And yeah, that's one I of think, the things I liked about The Course in Miracles is because it talks about how there are no special people. We're all special people. You yeah, know. absolutely. Every single one of us is looking and experiencing the world from a unique uh, perspective. No one has ever had the experiences we've had, is looking out through the eyes that we've had, and so we're all, you know, uh, quote-unquote special in that way. And, um, you know, I think, I, I hope people are ready to stop, you know, uh, uh, you know, the the sort of red carpet treatment of all of us, you know, in the in the, in the show business world, and and really just see us as artists, you know, who want to tell stories and and uh, you know want to engage in a conversation and want a world that really works for you know your kids and our kids, and um, you know it comes it's both ways. We have to you know also reject the idea that we you know are in any way uh, more important than anyone. Um, mm-hmm. We are just uh, different colored gems in the mosaic uh, of life. And uh, I think that's coming. I, re- I really, really do. I, I just I think it's coming, and uh, uh, I think it has to come. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, 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 you know, pain is a good inst- is a great instructor as well. And the and there's a lot of pain going on right now. So we can look at this as, as pain, as difficult it is to say something. Something is being born. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I agree with that. Even with such things as uh, as when we see. Uh, somebody on the celebrity pages somewhere that's having some trouble, you just have to go, well, they're human like everyone else. So it, it, it makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Of course. Affluency, uh, you know, does not guarantee any, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that you, that you dive out of the human experience. You still experience loss and you still struggle and you even have more struggles. You know, uh, there's a Zen saying it's hard to overcome adversity. It's even harder to overcome prosperity. Mm-hmm. So we all are challenged wherever we are, and um, we all can relate and meet each other in this great conversation about um, how each of us can begin to make a difference. And who each of us are, you know, Absolutely. who we are as just authentic beings, as souls, as spiritual beings having a human experience. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've got to change this old story, the story that we're, you know, all corrupt and that, uh, we're bad, and 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 uh, you know, unless we do the right thing or say the right word, that you know, we're just uh, we're decrepit and and uh, and all you know, going into the abyss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I you know, God's omnipresent. 
Boy, that tells me a lot. <laughs> you know, how decrepit can I be if the God light is right here? Where did Jesus say the kingdom of heaven is? He said it's within. You look for it here, you look for it there, lo, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading something just the other day in the Bible. Jesus said, you are the light of the world, but you've put it under a barrel. Right. <laughs> so it's like, right. oh, we already are that. We don't have to work to become that. We already are that. So that was right. really beautiful. Well, so much of our society is telling us, uh, who are you going to be when you grow up? If we spent as much time waking people up to who they are, then they can walk that isness into the world with power and then really uh, move and shake, if you will, uh, because they'll be moving and shaking on the power of divinity. Absolutely. And if anybody in the listening audience wants to take on a, some of that project, go for it. That's one of the things that is just very moving to see children when they really get that, that we have the power to just become whoever we are, and they have that authenticity mirrored for them. They become who they are. Absolutely. And, and, and kids learn, of course, not just by what we teach them, but by who we are. And it's so important for us to give and tell a holistic story with our lives. We, we want to be the very things that we teach in the classroom. If we're teaching compassion, our lives must be reflecting compassion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the transformation that takes place when we begin to realize who we are, um, is actually our just connecting to who we are. <laughs> it's kind of a paradox, isn't it? Uh, well, yes, and Thomas Merton said life exists in the belly of a paradox. Um, uh, yeah, I think becoming who you are is always uh, resting on the discovery of who you already are. So that's the paradox you've just, um, you've just expressed. And mm-hmm. um, uh, it, it really is what the spiritual journey is all about. You know, it's not about becoming wise. It's about waking up. Uh, the Buddha was said not to be wise. He was said to be awake. And so if I am as anything, the film I did is called I Am. If it's anything, I hope it is an alarm clock uh, uh, to help wake us up uh, to the truth of who we are. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that it's going to be everything that I've read about it and seen so far seems to indicate that it is really, uh, 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 you know, you've put everything together, poetry, science, religion, uh, philosophy, all of it together in one place to talk about this thing of who we really are. So I just, I think that's so powerful and I have no doubt it will be an evolutionary experience for those of us who watch it. Well, I hope people will see it. There's a, there's a beautiful quote that uh, came to mind um, from Hafiz who says, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness the astonishing light of your own being. Mm. And that's that waking up. And uh, I hope that we can be one of the voices uh, shouting the beauty uh, and, and uh, Trump, uh, a trumpet call to the idea that uh, there is an astonishing light to, to all of us. Absolutely. Well, Tom, thank you for your astonishing light. I appreciate you bringing it to our show today. And uh, we're going to be talking next week to Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes. She's coming back to the show for the fourth time to tell us about her new book, Untie the Strong Woman, so don't miss it. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself.
Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week. 